And we're back. Welcome back to another Practice Makes Perfect podcast here. It's your favorite Fortnite commentator, Monster DeFace, bringing you guys another weekly installment. This week, we have a little headline for you guys. That's right. If you read the episode and you downloaded it, we will be starting there in just a moment. But before we jump into all that crazy news and everything that's happening in esports this week, I want to thank you guys for downloading and rocking with us. Also, appreciate all the support coming to CafeColazzo.com as I have just launched our very own caffeine official coffee business it has been uh, a crazy wild two weeks already since our launch so thank you guys that have been supporting with us uh picking up your weekly purchases for coffee man so thanks guys thanks 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 but this week we have john and it's just me and john on the episode on the mic what's up john yeah man just finished right before we uh were recording i was finishing you know, my 900th game of OG Fortnite, zero builds, and my fifth cup of Cafe Colazo Justice Blend. Very good. Muy bueno. Love it. Heck yeah. Heck yeah. I'm, I'm glad your uh, your coffee came in pretty quick, too. You see, it, the, the roasted it and straight to your door. Bro, it's um, almost like you are a mastermind fresh. and everyone got theirs as they were booting up Fortnite OG. Bro, yeah, I seen all timing. my timeline was right as we were all about to drop in. Where we dropping? What we drinking? Cafe Colazo, bro. Yeah, yeah, I know. It, it it lined up so perfectly of like, dude, everyone wants to stream right now. Everyone wants to stream early, obviously, because Fortnite just came out. And then you got the coffee arriving at the door. It was it was excellent, excellent week of, of launch for us. And yeah, social has been buzzing. So, hey, guys, check us on Twitter. Y'all already know where to find me, at Monster Deface. Pushing all that stuff out there. But let's jump into it, man. If you guys are unfamiliar... TSM and FTX had a huge partnership and collaboration sponsorship with one another in the range of hundreds of millions of dollars. Well, it turns out the CEO of FTX was indicted and extradited out of the Bahamas back to the United States and then sent to jail on what was at the time accusations of billions of dollars of fraud. Well, guess what? As of just 48 hours ago, he has been found guilty. Sam Bankman-Fried has been found guilty of seven out of seven counts of fraud. This is an incredible um, turn of events for him because he went in against basically the state's best law teams claiming to be innocent and his entire infrastructure and team turned against them and they all testified against them. And in the end, it looks like he is going to be serving upwards of 100 plus years in jail, potentially to be determined. You might be wondering, how does this affect TSM though? Well, that is the kicker. When you spend $8 billion like Sam Bankman-Fried did, and you are throwing out hundreds of millions of dollars to different air quotes clientels, but you're using customer funds, well, guess what? The United States ultimately will start to try to recoup as many dollars as possible, and they will literally request back the money because those are stolen funds. This is how TSM could potentially be going directly under, and they may not even realize how hard this sweep is going to be. Yeah, and, and it really is the worst-case scenario uh, for anyone that was a, a big crypto person, right? And, of course, this does not rule out that there's different forms of digital assets, blah, 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 all that, you know. But right now, we're staring at an $8 billion hole, and for TSM, a $210 million cash infusion that's gone along with an already tumultuous uh, couple years of their own credibility. You remember, we've covered this before. Uh, TSM's uh, CEO, Reginald, uh, got brought up on some, some, some different complaints from within the organization. They did some, some internal auditing. 
um, around the same time that their FTX partnership fell flat. We've seen them since Monster withdraw from League of Legends, the, the game that they were most famous for, that they for years were the 100% top uh, North American team representing North America in Worlds and, 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 and the Midseason Invitational, hosting uh, names like Doublelift and, and Bjergsen. And now they're not even in League at all. So how does this affect TSM? Well, I think the proof is already in the pudding. Well, listen, uh, apparently from all the media outlets that are covering the news here with F uh, FTX going under and the CEO being literally uh, sentenced or, or found guilty of seven out of seven counts of fraud, um, apparently they all say that it is very likely that the government will try to repossess as many funds as possible, as many assets as possible that are tied to their investments and purchases. And depending on what that relationship looked like between FTX and TSM, I mean, ultimately, we could be seeing it sold back to a fraction of the dollar, but more importantly, just straight out of the liquidity, we'll see what happens there. But there could be potential damages that are just, you know, again, unheard of for an esports uh, e organization, let alone in our current, like you said, timeline today. Orgs are downsizing everywhere. Activations yep. are becoming smaller. You have uh, places like the Overwatch League trying to literally uh, crowdsource and crowd fund ideas from the community like hey okay our league is too expensive it's failing but what, what do you want to see right all all of this restructuring happening today right now and the timing couldn't be worse but again these are just our hypotheticals as we have seen uh what's to come does tsm know have they been preparing to weather this storm is that why they you know jumped out of league of legends before they had to pay the big entry fee to the league or you know have have they been thinking about this too are there you know, uh, is, is their foundation rattled? We, we don't know. There have been all the questions like, why in the world would TSM ever back out of league? For all we know, this recent development could qu quite literally be the, the reasoning that they maybe foresaw happening. Yeah, and, um, you know, just a, little, uh, uh, just a little insider fun on the saga of this, you know, the, the, the Prague squad, uh, including uh, Monster, um, we were all at the, pretty much all of us were at the, uh, the $1 million Raleigh Invitational for Fortnite. And this was happening in the midst of, um, uh, in, in the midst of all these FTX like allegations, it was like days within. And I, I believe they had Rhett at the time. Um, can't remember who else was his duo, but we literally broke the news on our Twitter that as they came out to play in this huge Fortnite event, they had covered up the FTX logo with black tape. And yeah, it was uh, free and epic whale at the time. Yes, they had their yes. TSM jerseys on yes. pink, and then they had to black tape over some of the because it was days. Teams. It was within days. They didn't even have time to print it, and there was so much in the air. And so, obviously, TSM's really been on just a just a tumultuous path there. I mean, their Apex team monster is a bright spot, like, but I mean, there's really not much else going for them. And, um, yeah, like you said, if the government's going to start repossessing things, they're going to be looking at major partnerships, just like TSM. We already know that orgs hundred thieves just did another round of layoffs. Sorry to everyone that's, uh, uh, affected. Um, this, this most recent one was uh, seemingly a lot of their like creative team. And so if anyone's looking for some great designers on some, on some projects, I, I want to shout out, uh, uh, CISO or CESO. I don't know how he says his name, but he, he is. He had been for a while one of their lead designers, and he's always giving free like tutorials and graphics packages for people to use. And so, take care of the people out there. But man, if Hundred Thieves is laying people off, Monster, and they've been doing well, what's TSM doing with all this financial like stress?
Well, it's not. It's, Hunter Thieves also did some restructuring. They are actually branching off Juvie from their main company, which means that they are also in a financial, I don't know, let's call it a pickle. Let's call it a situation here. They're moving Juvie off the main brand Hunter Thieves. Why? What does that tell us? They are willing to shop around for a sponsor so they can get more money injected. This means that either one of two things, they don't want to share the funnel of cash that Juvie's bringing in, right? And they just want to double dip, eat, uh, have their cake and literally eat it too by get, uh, attracting more sponsors. Or Juvie is failing as a, a energy drink brand. I mean, we all know this is one of the most competitive markets. And when you see the success and the explosive growth of a drink like Prime, I hate to say it, as disgusting as it tastes and as, you know, again, unhealthy as it may be, Dude, Prime is is the marketing driver of the space right now. They are the kings of you know the new beverage industry, and and they've taken a fair share of it. Bro, monster! I literally saw um, Logan Paul defeated Rey Mysterio last night <laughs> to become the WWE US Champion, and I tweeted this morning. I'm like, the end of the world is nigh. I'm like, it hurt my heart. Like, hey, you got to give the flowers to the Paul brothers for knowing how to generate some noise. But it still hurts my heart watching Ray freaking Mysterio, an actual American wrestling hero, get freaking dropped by this billboard, dude. Ugh. Hey, man, listen, give Logan Paul, you know, another five, six years. If he's still in this space, if he's still in the WWE, he'll, he'll be, he will be more than just a billboard. He will be, I guess, uh, he will probably at that point have earned the respect, if you will, of the wrestling masses. But I agree with you. He's at very much fast-tracked because of his following uh, straight to the top. You know, the fact that he's able to take on some of the most iconic, right? But like, how, how can't you? Once you enter into the WWE, you're basically an icon uh, to, some, to some degree. Well, and, 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 and yeah, and your, your point being that his drink prime is doing very well. And mm -hmm. Juvie... While internally, and of course the marketing, it, it's looking like, right? This is the thing about marketing and social media. What I guess probably marketing always is, it's no one's going to say, hey guys, sales aren't quite what we thought they would be, right? Like, so when Nate shot and everyone's talking about Juvie, it's just up, 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 and it's the packed fridges and the freezers. But man, if there's one thing that the last 20 years of marketing has shown us, there's a lot that companies can do um, that they're trying to project an appearance of success because people buy into that. Um, but behind the scenes, maybe it's not doing as well as, as, as we thought. Like I said, there's literally, I say only two options. Maybe there's a third that isn't quite clicking with me that, cause I, I try to give them another benefit of the doubt as someone who runs like a social handle, right? Javier at monster D face. I have so many projects, right? And then I run multiple companies ongoing. You know what? My timeline does get a little convoluted. I do lose the narrative a bit. Sometimes I'm just all business and production. Then right now I'm on my cafe kick. And then other weeks, like right now, uh, you know, Fortnite's hot. Now I want to be a Fortnite, you know, handle. There's a lot of interest happening. Yep. When you put that or tie that mixed interest to a brand, you can see why an esports org is like, hey, you know, we just want to get back to esports. Let's, yep. let's tweet about the events. Let's really do better media coverage of the players. Like, let's get back to that. I can see that. But I feel like it's more of a, the reality is more so on the side of, hey, maybe Juvie isn't bringing as much money indirectly. So because of that, let's separate the brand. That costs us nothing to do. And let's try to attract another sponsor. Absolutely. If I had to guess, that had to be uh, the direction we're going in because 
you know, you don't you don't just make that decision at the end of a year, like on a whim, right? This had to be a, a true thought out um, decision to be made. And it's not just the drink, it's the game as well, right? And we're seeing a lot of games start to uh, take a new form and a new shape this week, aren't we? Yeah, and, you know, time will have to tell with what's going to happen to TSM, but this is a really great, um, you know, chapter in the history books of digital currency. And let's, let's just be reminded, people buy digital things. It's just a question of behind that digital purchase, does it have hold real value? Fortnite skins, certainly Counter-Strike skins, you know, the, the list goes on of digital assets that mean a lot to people. Even following Gary Vee and his whole... Um, his whole journey into NFTs, V friends. He's creating a whole universe and trading cards and people. So there very much so is a world. We already do live in a world where people buy things they'll never touch with their hands. Unfortunately, FTX and their founder was uh, guilty of generating actual just digital hype with nothing yeah, behind so it. The the real victims are the the folks, the customers that put money in. And again, at the end of the day, they used eight billion dollars worth of customer funds i don't even know how you spend eight billion dollars but the man managed to do so and this is why he's going to be put away for a long time but talking about new products talking about digital products we have this crazy week of fortnite og but not only fortnite og blizzard con dropped a nuclear announcement on everyone so much in fact as gold returned back to world of warcraft uh, John, talk to me a little bit about what Blizzard Con and the team over at Blizzard Activision managed to uh, announce and why is there so much hype generated right now around World of Warcraft and even Fortnite OG, the nostalgia? Yeah, I mean, both, both, uh, you know, it, you, you could almost say what, um, you know, Epic is, is catching on with some of these longer standing massive titles. Uh, quicker uh world of warcraft was fortnite before it was fortnite you know it was if you go down in terms of online massive multiplayer games world of warcraft as early as 2007 2008 was shattering records with millions of concurrent viewers and subscribers paying 15 dollars a month unheard of um uh, investment through video games um and um over the last few years the the people and this might sound familiar to all our fortnite uh fans the, the players have been crying out to go back to the original version of the game. Sound familiar? This was in the form of what was once called vanilla and is now called classic World of Warcraft. What started out as an experiment saying, what if we just brought back the original game has now turned into them re-releasing multiple expansions as well as the very big bombshell monsters talking about a whole new variation from the original game that they are calling Season of Discovery. Yeah, and this is basically what uh, the community is coined classic plus. So imagine your favorite game, the game you fell in love with, like any game, any title, whether it's Metal Gear, Kingdom Hearts, uh, Fortnite, any single game, Call of Duty. Imagine the storyline that you might have fallen in love with at that point in time. But imagine if it went in a different direction. Imagine if that villain got away or this person took down that other person and things just veered down a different path this is the type of development that classic is basically introducing right now because they're going to slightly adjust the story to what could have been but also this comes with worlds of new levels of content uh different class variations where uh you know your standard let's call it mage who would be a caster well, guess what? That, that caster can also heal, right? Like, all of a sudden, they're, they're throwing these different tweaks. They're really opening up this uh, imagination box, and they're deploying this new product 
which ultimately makes Blizzard and, or sorry, the World of Warcraft IP, one of the most robust in the space right now. They are not only in the card market space, right, with Hearthstone. Obviously, they have MMOs on lock for the last 20 years. But now, they even have a mobile version, which is called Rumble. So Warcraft Rumble, you know, the, the their version of Clash Royale, the spinoff, I mean, dude, how far can they take this, this IP? They are literally doing things at what feels like... um incredible speed right now way way more coming out of blizzard than we've ever seen in the past and they were just purchased they yeah. had massive layoffs they had all this internal infrastructure change but all of a sudden they're moving way faster as far as development goes than they ever have before well and when one of the big criticisms of blizzard has been their uh seeming commitment to uh finance over uh fueling players you know their ceo bobby kodak uh, gets a lot of hate in the World of, War, War, World of Warcraft uh, community just for making moves that, you know, uh, increasing the cost of expansions, adding pay to win, you know, these elements, and really just continuing down a path of, hey, if we release more expansions, people will buy it. And what's so interesting um, is that the return, just like in Fortnite, which we'll share some figures uh, with that in a moment, a, a return to the base game is, is what's creating this revitalization. And I think a great question to ask is, what is it? Is that nostalgia? Is it coming back to the roots of the story or is it actually anchoring yourselves as a game development company into the player's feedback? One of the things that really made a difference for um, uh, people at BlizzCon was the return of Chris Metzen, who is one of the original story crafters of the whole Warcraft universe way back into the early 2000s uh, in the original game Warcraft. And you could just tell a difference, Monster, when he was delivering the game, the story he crafted, it didn't feel like a product it felt like a world you were stepping into. And so I, I wonder if even to say that it's nostalgia that sells is, is selling us short as players. I think it's us making sure we're being anchored in what made us love the game in the first place. Yeah, that, and that's something that Fortnite has done exceptionally well with this week of Fortnite OG getting back to the roots. But it's not just the original game they brought back. It's all the updated visuals. Unreal Engine 5. The sprinting, the mantling, the new game modes, right? This this universe that Fortnite, again, that we all fell in love with, but now we get to experience on almost today's mechanics, right? With today's uh, fluidity of the polished product. Yep. Could you imagine if Fortnite, the style we logged into right now, this week, was the beginning product that they somehow came out the door with, right? It, it'd be unheard of to have a game as, as well thought out, as well polished, as... Yep as intricate as everything that you get to experience in Fortnite. So that's part of the, the beauty of going back in time. Yep. And like you said, getting back to the basics. But here's the difference between Fortnite and World of Warcraft. Fortnite isn't just dropping a new game. No, no, no. They, this is the one product. Fortnite yes. has one single game, and it is the one that we all play. So hate it or love it, you guys got to queue in. And, well, look, this week, shattered records. The highest player count ever. Uh, the success is there. It's right before us. The numbers are there, John. Yeah, it's uh, the, the Saturday of the release kind of makes sense, which is the day everyone has off. Um, they logged 44.7 million players jumping in uh, to Fortnite and with 102 million hours uh, of play in, in John, OG that, Fortnite. That's, that's the equivalent of every single player uh, or player person in Canada logged in and decided to play Fortnite. The entire population of the giant massive land that is Canada. Yeah, and 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 I think you, you said it so well. They didn't just drop back into um the old 
version, they're perfecting um, what already was. And that's what we're seeing with this season of Discovery with World of Warcraft is they are not just moving forward and re-releasing chapters like Fortnite may or may not. They're just taking the base game and they're adding smaller, more intentional tweaks. And I think that something to learn here from game developers is, is maybe they're putting too much on new content instead of small, meaningful tweaks. And I think that there's something to be learned here from even long-standing titles like League um, and Counter-Strike Counter -Strike, that, yes. that have not done massive leaps forward. And I know we love World of Warcraft and we love Fortnite for their expansions and the and the in-game events. But man, when I logged in two days before OG dropped just to mess around in Fortnite, I did not recognize it, it felt cluttered. It felt loud. It was, you know, and that's not to take away from what other people may love about it. Um, but I think the lesson maybe monster is, man, maybe less is more. And maybe players just want small tweaks around the game, the core game and core story. They already love. Yeah. Well, I'll leave the other feedback for the Fortnite podcast where we dive into professional player perspectives and how it's affecting the competitive meta. So tune in on Tuesday for that one where we sit down with the other boys to really deep dive into how uh, Fortnite OG is playing out. But for what it's worth, to summarize um, where we are today, classic World of Warcraft, Fortnite OG, um, Call of Duty taking it back to the original maps. It's very clear that when the devs go back to what worked, for whatever reason, the roots are strong, the foundation is there, and the player base is willing to show up on behalf of the devs. Yeah, and, and it was one final word on, on OG. I mean... You see the effect, not only in the player count, but in the experiences. I'm talking to people I haven't talked to in, in years. We're squatting up. Uh, it, 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 it's uh, uh, ninjas peaking viewers again. You know, Juju is talking about, about uh, ninja all over again. And I'm even like walking around showing people Fortnite OG clips. Like there's just, there really is power. And it reminds me, Monster, that when we're talking about the success of gaming, we're not just talking about mindlessly staring at screens. We're talking about bringing people together. And I think that's the thing that people who don't game do not understand about gaming. We're not just talking about us droning out hours of our lives. It's bringing relationships back to life. So shout out to Epic and Fortnite. I can't wait to see uh, uh, what, what they continue to build on OG. I'm more curious to see if they're going to change the timeline with how successful this just original yep. base product is because uh, apparently the rumors were that week to week we're going to see you know, the changes happen to the world. But I mean, I'm hoping it doesn't happen. I hope we just get to stay here for a little while longer. Um, and yeah, I, yeah, who knows this, the success of this week could actually just restructure the entire game plan for them. They could be completely off, playing it off the cuff due to how well this week has gone for them. Yeah. And, 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 and I will say, um, you, you know, you're talking about the original, like what if the original launch was like this, I will say with the modern game mechanics and vaulting and sprinting, it's clear that, 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 um, zero builds has found it's, I think it's almost perfect form. And I was even watching, you know, I always feel, I feel, I'm just to be honest, I feel like a boomer when I don't play builds, but the reality is I'm just not like that anymore. And I don't even know that I like the game. And I was specking some people playing zero builds and monster. What I noticed is that there is an element and I don't want to make anyone mad in the comp scene, but there is an element where zero builds is very true to the map itself. You, it requires you to utilize the terrain and the, the 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 buildings in a you way can that appreciate you yeah can appreciate the the literal throwback season we're in much more yes when you jump into the build product of Fortnite it is it is you might as well be on season ten of of twenty thirty one exactly like it doesn't matter because everyone's building anyways no I'm with you on that one if 
if and when uh, I get back into Fortnite, I, I'm the same as you. I already knew that if I logged into like Arena or the ranked build version of the game, uh, it's it's not it's not going to have the same magic for me because I'm not at that skill level to be able to appreciate the game right and and the visuals because I will be in a box or dead yeah one or the other yeah like, I won't be out in the field that's for sure whereas zero build does kind of take you back to um yeah the beginning of the game where map knowledge plays its part and then it allows you to appreciate the game so much more so um I think I think Epic recognizes that as well and I mean this this entire weekend. They are doing throwback events right now just to celebrate Ninja, Lachlan, yeah. um, all of their creators. And, and it's, it's just a, a very celebratory week. The, the vibes are um, definitely up right now. But I want to jump into this, uh, this other conversation before we, we veer too far uh, away from Blizzard. Because Blizzard, let's not forget Blizzard Activision, is actually in the process of being finalized with the Microsoft merger right now. Yep. And they, they, they have this, this grip on the space here. Yep. And right now... Right there, there's a, a lack of conversation for some great games that are out there. But John, you you pose this question: Is it a possibility that these games are almost being suppressed by the big companies? Yes, and and if you guys remember, and if you go back and read, the reason why the Blizzard, Activision, Microsoft buyout that whole thing took a while is because it had to get brought up to the FTC, the 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 Federal Trade Commission, under potential monopoly um, uh, violations, meaning a monopoly being when a business has structured itself in a way that it is completely um, a dominant against any competitors, Competi competition being one of the hallmarks and foundations of what, what most modern people believe to be the uh, uh, good business and the best ideas, et cetera, et cetera. Um, and a lot of people are like, man, if, if Microsoft owns all these companies, no other developers will ever get a shine. And, you know, I remember thinking like, man, they're being, so it's the internet, bro. The internet, anyone can share, anyone can share. And then all of a sudden, I realized that I'm, I'm thinking about all these uh, Microsoft upcoming titles, Call of Duty, um, now World of Warcraft. And I didn't even realize that one of the games I was looking forward to the most had an open beta. And that is the finals. The finals is an amazing game. I got to play the beta um, and it's polished. It's fun. It's fresh. But Monster, I saw nothing on the timeline about it. And it made me wonder. Is this the beginning of us seeing any game that's not made by Microsoft being choked out? Yeah, like big dev backed games. If you're not uh, Bethesda or whatever, you know, triple A publishing studio, it's going to become much more difficult for your game to literally find any shine. Um, look at what happened when X Defiant, they literally had to cancel their launch because Call of Duty said, hey, we're doing you know, whatever new Call of Duty is coming out. And I think that was strategic, by the way, probably rushed the timeline up to slam on the success and the buzz that was, you know, the, the cinder, right? The little fire that was starting to build around X Defiant. Dude, they snuffed that flame out so fast. Snuffed. And the game, the game has been pushed out. And now you have even, like you mentioned, the finals. Dude, when I played uh, the finals beta, I'm not going to lie, I was not impressed. I loved the trailer. I was like, bro, what? Battlefield Destruction meets like this whole new spin on like an objective-based game. I got to try it. It wasn't exactly what I expected. Come this most recent version of it, bro, I played two hours, in the, you know, like like just before this podcast. Yeah. And it's been a while since I picked up a, a competitive shooter that's a first person. And I, and, and dudes, if you're, if you're thinking about trying out a new game, it's free to play on Steam. It is basically Battlefield Destruction meets Call of Duty visuals. So, but it's got the gunplay of like Battlefield to me. 
Um, and then it's got this like arena world that feels closer to Apex. The story, like the the attention to the character and customization of PUBG, like they, they just took a combination, a combination of yeah things but, from different titles. Because there's also if, if if speaking of Apex or if you like Overwatch, there's also class based dynamics built into the game. So there's there's different there's a healing op opportunity. There's stuff that different classes can do. Uh, and a huge opportunity for innovation and, and optimization of class play um, in a shooter environment. It's very rare. But again, how much did we see and hear about it? And how much was that? Because it's owned by Embark Studios, which is um, a South Korea-based game company, not owned by Microsoft, not owned by Sony. And is there something to be said about, man, they just have the ad, they don't have the ad dollars to make, make a splash on the internet. Yeah, the the one and only game that I've seen recently, like from a, another South Korean, um, you know, publishing team, the one that had all the controversy around it, Dark and Darker, they managed yep. to make a splash big enough to secure their own like full time career creators, but even they are struggling to uh, balance the growth that is the popularity of the game. But they're still they're still balancing all types of lawsuits. They're not even on Steam yet, and on their updates, they're having close to thirty thousand players in the dungeon hey listen for a small game that's, that's a huge number okay yeah. it's not the millions that fortnite has but it just shows you that if you're not if you're not like in the in the right spaces or if you're not the big triple a devs you're not gonna you know those numbers are impossible they're unfathomable to achieve yeah so you know only time will tell and we don't want to be conspiracy theories here it's just it's just good I would say a good practice in life is is not just knowing what you consume, but who makes what you consume. And just figuring out, are you supporting? I don't think neither of us have problems with big companies. What we, what we don't want to have is a world where um, some of these other up and, up and coming ideas or people get choked out because there's not enough people supporting it. So, you know, you know figure out games that, that, that you love and, and do a little bit of research. You know, scroll through Steam, try some stuff. And let, let, I think as a gaming community, we're at our best when when the most ideas are present. And that really does come back to the heart of this whole lawsuit that originally came um, in answering the question, is Microsoft owning all this IP actually good for, uh, for the world? Well, I can list off all the games I'm playing right now. Dark and Darker, WoW Classic, Rumble by War, uh, the World of Warcraft team. Amazing game. And then the finals. That's my shooter. I got like... Yeah, every category unlocked my mobile my mmo my first person shooter and my open world explorer like those are my four different niche genres that i'm playing in and i got a title that i love for each of them right now which is very rare because there was a time a couple months back where we were like in gaming drought so mm -hmm. i love that i got kid options right now yeah it, it really is and 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 what what a time you know Make sure you're subscribed to this podcast and you share it with someone because we have a lot of stuff we're going to be talking about in the months and weeks to come because for the first time in what feels like four years, Monster, I feel like I actually have more games than I, than I have time to play. And I'm very excited about that because I think you said it perfectly. It does feel like there has been a drought, but now we're seeing World of Warcraft and that whole universe blowing up. We're seeing Call of Duty. Uh, uh, we're about to see them release a multiplayer in Warzone in the next month to two months that the creators are actually excited about. We're seeing Fortnite surging um, with OG. We're seeing uh, Counter-Strike 2 um, find some player base. I forgot, but I forgot all about CS2. See, I'm not even playing that, but there are people that are like, dude, that is that is it, right? Valorant's still going. Valorant. League is still going. I mean, there was a moment there. I mean, Halo, people are talking about Halo. Uh, Shotzi, who is uh, <laughs> like... Uh, 
uh, a Call of Duty pro is like, oh my gosh, I love Halo. What? And you're seeing people yeah, talk about loving out. Halo. So shout out to the Forge that's in Halo. Halo basically devs can now build stuff in the game. Like this is the future of it. We're we're seeing it happen now in Arc Evolved. In Arc, you can uh, there's there's a whitelist program going on right now that devs are able to build their own universes and basically host their own servers, custom experiences. It's obviously in Fortnite that I think has led the interest in that space and now is completely innovating the game. Halo has it, and it's a, it's yeah. a matter of time. We already know CSGO 2 has it with custom servers where people build, you know, um, what they like to call surfing and, you know, different types of TDM variations. So, yeah, dude, the future is, is insane. The, uh, the, the technology that's available right now, and, and, yeah, it's a great time, I think, to be a dev, yep. especially if you're a dev for a AAA company. I, I think you're going to be in a, a good spot. Yeah. Put inflation aside. Put the <laughs> terrible economy, you know, stuff aside, dude. If you're if you're a, a good dev, or you're thinking about going to school for something, you know, gaming's gonna be around for a long time, guys. <laughs> it's gonna be literally, you know, 3.21 billion gamers estimated around the world. Um, close closest to half the world's population are playing games. Um, are active in gaming in some level. I've say I'm actually gonna be a part of a, a keynote presentation. Um, at a big conference in Nashville. And one of my main points um, will be, uh, y'all will hear it first podcast because we love you, but is that I think gaming is the truest form of social media. It's social media. It's the truest expression of media that is experienced socially. Um, and um, I think gaming is one of the actual great unifiers in our whole culture. There's, you, could, you might like football, you might like soccer, you might like basketball, but if you actually un uncrack it, you see, you, you'll find gaming can be a bridge in a lot of different things. My first dub, Monster, and OG Fortnite was with my boss who never talks about <laughs> gaming, who doesn't know about esports, doesn't, but loves Fortnite. So I, I, I'm so excited about the future. And uh, hey, maybe y'all will make some games that I'll play one day. Yep, we'll, we'll see what happens there. Well, listen, guys, it's been a jam-packed week. Uh, we want to start rounding this episode out by continuing this story that is the FaZe Clan team. We already talked about how the acquisition from GameSquare Inc. is um, more or less done. It seems like the paperwork is being finalized because now we have FaZe Banks coming to the timeline in what is kind of an aggressive manner, um, hinting that he is going to be cutting off heads. John, talk to me a little bit more about what FaZe Banks is thinking as he starts to uh, regain <laughs> control, if you will, of the forward-facing image that is the FaZe Clan. Yeah, I mean, um, uh, essentially, um, he's on. Um, so he's like, uh, some of this news came in through like Aiden Ross's like stream a little bit, um, and and uh, essentially what he's communicating is, uh, he said the first thing I'm going to do is chop everyone's effing heads off. They're all gone. See you later. Um, that was in answering a question about being the CEO. Um, and and you know, the good thing is is. That is FaZe. And I think well, the thing that we talked about is FaZe, is Gamer Boys. They are 360 YY, no scopers. They are freaks. They are tattoos, piercing, bad boys, skating. They're out there. And, and, and the brand kind of got lost in the sauce of going public and, and having a CEO who does even play games, you know. And I think Banks is trying to, I think, trying to re-cement that bad boy mentality, that imagery. Um... Uh, but he really doesn't know. He's also said, FaZe Banks is on record saying, hey, I haven't, I don't know, like we haven't finalized everything, everything. So it'll be months before he's actually in a position to be making moves. Then Monster, the question is, 
how much freedom does he have being owned by another company? Time will tell. I think I think very limited, but enough to definitely decide if someone can stay on the team roster or not. Yes. Like straight up. Straight up. Um, FaZe Clan has expanded to the point to where their operation costs. I don't know if, if I have the numbers exactly, but it was in the tens of millions of dollars, I believe, monthly to keep the roster on board and to keep the team uh, in place that, that is managing the roster, right? Uh, from social to management to coaches. I mean, you name it, the graphic team, et cetera. It, it cost them so much money, so much, in fact, that they were net negative after like bringing in $20 million or something uh, in, in sponsor funds, which is crazy to think about that they have all these, these sources of income, but not enough to still be a profitable business. That is, of, of course, again, up until they just sold the company. So we'll see what happens with the new restructuring. But I think we're going to see, it, it, and it's probably not going to be FaZe Banks' call. I think, you know, he's just saying that just to say it. But I think it is going to happen. We're going to see some massive downsizing coming out of FaZe Clan. We already saw uh, extreme layoffs there. Uh, 20% of the entire company, yeah. I believe, was laid off. Yeah, and, and, and this is a quote from his Twitter on October 23rd. He says, it's really important to note this deal closes in the next 60 to 90 days. So my plans for FaZe Clan won't ultimately come to fruition until the deal is officially done. We're still at the plotting stage, excited to have the keys again, right? So he's like, hey, we back. But then his last line kind of mirrors a little bit of what Monster is alluding to is praying these partners are different. So yeah, the, thing about, the, thing about, the thing about it is, is you're owned, bro. And this is going to be interesting. However, like we talked last episode, Ninja involved. These people know content. They know gaming. And I think FaZe, I think they know that it's in the best interest of the brand um, to get the bad boy image back. Otherwise, they would have never made Banks the CEO again. Right. Well, we'll see if their partners are any different yeah. at the end of the day. Hey, man, if, if you got the wallet, you hold the keys. And that's that's the truth of it. So we'll see if, uh, you know, uh, daddy lets FaZe Banks play around uh, a little bit more than the last owners did. Uh, as again, this is a, a huge acquisition happening. So FaZe Clan is going to be around for a little bit longer. And um, obviously, they're going to give some more power back to the original founder. So... What a fun week it has been. Um, I hope you guys enjoyed. If we brought you in uh, just because of the, the the crazy title of this episode, I mean, I hope you enjoyed everything else we had to offer. This podcast is obviously a weekly podcast based on gaming news and uh, tons of different titles. And of course, we cover our favorite title, Fortnite, every Tuesday. But on Sundays, it's all esports and, and gaming in general. So... Shout-outs to, uh, to John Rush. This wouldn't be possible without him. So, uh, John, as always, let the people at home know where they can find you, what you're up to, and what's going on in the world of John Rush. Yeah, John, uh, John W. Key Rush on uh, X. Uh, Twitter, got a lot of things. Uh, I feel, I'm only calling it X now just because now I don't want people to not know what Twitter is, you know? Like, I still, right. it will still always be Twitter in my mind. I'm, I haven't sold out, boys. Uh, but, yeah, posting gaming content on there, always trying to um, – uh, always trying to help build things for the community. Always uh, trying to repost things that are, are helpful or share things that I'm learning along the way. So if you're looking for gaming clips and highlights from a, from a tired dad trying to build a couple businesses like Monster, then uh, that's where you can find me. 
Absolutely, guys. As always, you can send all your complaints to me at the Fortnite Podcast at gmail.com or, of course, on Twitter at MonsterDeface. With that being said, this has been a fantastic episode. You can find me at MonsterDeface across all social handles. Once again, if you want to support me directly in everything we're building here at Practice Server and just Cafe Colazo now, you can buy coffee directly from CafeColazo.com. We have one of the best partners um, in the industry when it comes down to roasting high-quality organic coffee, low-acidity, non-artificial flavors, and screw all of the fuel companies because we're here to make a difference. We don't need sugary products uh, to, to be a successful caffeine business. That's the motto, basically. So with that, don't forget to dance out those kills. <laughs> I did it again, John. I did it again. I did the Fortnite outro. <laughs> With that, guys, don't forget that practice makes perfect. Peace, fam.